sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. When it comes to religious freedom, in particular our free exercise of religion, the main event these days seems to be with faith-based adoption agencies. We started to hear with a story out of Michigan brought by our same guest today, and so we've got another adoption agency story, this one in New York, and I'm happy to welcome back to Freedom's Ring, Attorney Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council on the web at lc.org. Matt, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be with you. So a federal judge in New York State ruled on behalf of a Christian adoption agency. Tell us what the issue has been in this very significant case. Well, since 1965, New Hope Family Services has placed children in homes with married mothers and fathers with mom and a dad. And this is a Christian nonprofit ministry. It receives no public funding. It does not place children for adoption with same-sex couples or unmarried couples of the opposite sex. Instead, uh, the ministry prefers to place them in a home where you have a mother and a father. Uh, That is the best and most idealistic environment. These children have already been gone through uh, various traumas at one level or another, and they need a model family. So that's what this ministry has been about since 1965. But New York passed a law, and they ultimately investigated this particular adoption agency, and they gave it good recommendations, but they said the problem is, is you're not in compliance with the state non-discrimination law with regards to sexual orientation and gender identity because you will not place these children in same-sex households, although they won't place them in unmarried opposite-sex households either. But Mm -hmm. the issue was they refused, based upon their religious belief and mission, to place them in same-sex households. And consequently, as a result of that, they would have to either modify their mission and compromise their Christian values in order to continue their ministry or shut down their ministry. And they chose to ultimately litigate the case. The good thing is that the federal judge has now issued a preliminary injunction against the New York Office of Children and Family Services uh, regarding its enforcement of its discriminatory policy. It's a good decision. It's a great free exercise uh, claim. And um, of course, it's at the preliminary injunction status. But these are the kinds of cases that seem to be always uh, shaping in most recent days religious freedom, right. where you have this direct clash between whether they can continue their Christian mission or for Catholic organizations like the one that's now before the United States Supreme Court. So, you know, I'm thinking back, you and I have been at this a long time. I started in my position here in California in the mid-1990s, and for the past 30 years, it seems like the number one issue in religious freedom has been this conflict or potential conflict between non-discrimination laws and uh, faith-based traditions with respect to marriage and sexuality. Mm -hmm. 
And it's in that context that there's been a lot of, you know, scholarly debate about what the standards of protecting free exercise should be. And of course, you know, differences as to when the religious values should be protected. It seems like these adoption agency cases, you mentioned there's one now before the Supreme Court, seems like this has really been the cutting edge of deciding how this conflict is going to be resolved. It certainly is a cutting edge, and there's others as well, but these are the ones that seem to be really now at the forefront. There is this clash that we have seen. We've seen it in the the Baker case with Masterpiece Cake Shop. We've seen it in the floral situation with Baronelle Stutzman and others like her, like these situations that are providing various kinds of artistic talents, whether it's weddings or something in that nature, photography, clashing with the ceremonies that would otherwise celebrate same-sex marriage. And we've seen those kinds of clashes. None have been definitively resolved yet at the United States Supreme Court, although the Masterpiece Cake Shop case did reach there and they got a favorable, although a limited opinion. But now what we have are the adoption agencies where that same clash is evident between LGBT, sexual orientation, gender identity, and free exercise of religion. And it's very acute in the adoption agencies and foster care ministries because their mission is to place children in the best ideal home with a mom and dad. And it would really undercut their mission to place them in a home with two men, two women, or a combination of various kinds of arrangements. So this for the United States Supreme Court is, is a big issue, not only on free exercise, but also on the issue that goes all the way back to 1990, and that is whether the Supreme Court should overturn the Smith decision and restore the free exercise clause to the a level that it provided protection before 1990. Well, so let's go there for a minute. Um, looking over your press release, the what I gather is that the federal judge saw evidence that the New York State statute imposing non-discrimination provisions broadly, including to a faith-based organization, that there was evidence of actual hostility. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, That there was some kind of evidence of hostility in both the statute itself, but also in the presentation of it from the enforcement agencies. And that's what you had in the Masterpiece Cake Shop. They made some derogatory, negative comments with regards to uh, Jack Phillips' uh, religious practices and beliefs. So this is nowhere close to saying that these faith-based agencies have a legitimate right to, you know, to practice even when there's a legitimate non-discrimination requirement that applies broadly to those without the same faith principles. I think you're right. And I think the broader question is now before the Supreme Court in the Fulton case that comes out of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia particularly, where it's not just animosity in terms of their statements made against the Catholic organization's faith. That is one narrow angle, but the problem with having that as your basis, say, for example, like it was in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, is that you can have individuals that watch their language, watch what they say, yet at the same time, the result is going to be the same thing. Whether they make negative statements about someone's faith is not necessarily as relevant as 
what is the impact of the law on that person's faith, either uh, with or without their negative statements. And so that's the broader issue before the U.S. Supreme Court. And the broader issue within that case is not only a pure free exercise claim, irrespective of what the enforcers have said about a person's faith or an organization's faith, but also the 1990 Smith decision. And the problem with the 1990 Smith decision is that some courts could look at these laws and say, well, the non-discrimination with regards to sexual orientation and gender identity is equally applied to religious and non-religious adoption and foster care agencies. So therefore, you don't have a free exercise claim. Right. Whereas for 1990, we didn't do that equal analysis, that neutrality, if it actually burdened free exercise, even if it also applied similarly to non-religious activities, you would have a free exercise claim. Well, you know, I was smiling when you started talking about um, the difference between having to prove discriminatory animus and simply uh, challenging the statute. You know, you're primarily a constitutional litigator. I primarily litigate discrimination cases, religious discrimination and employment. And I can tell you, trying to find evidence of, you know, direct evidence of discriminatory animus is very, very difficult. Yeah. And, and if you found it in this adoption agency case, my hat is off to you because that is no mean feat to, to dig up that kind of evidence. And if, if, you know, religious freedom depends on our ability to find evidence that somebody, you know, is directly out to get us, we're in big trouble. That's right. And like after the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, for example, any other case realizes based upon what the Supreme Court said in that case, you have to watch what you say. Bite your tongue. Don't be upfront about what your real thoughts are and your real motivation is. And you can have this general law that applies to religious and non-religious people and you win. Right. And that's the problem with that narrow perspective. And it shouldn't really matter what people's motivation is because you could have a bad motivation and yet a constitutional law. You could have a good motivation and an unconstitutional law. So that subjective motivation or statement, it's nice that they found it in some of these. It's good for those cases, but it doesn't protect a religious freedom across the board. Well, you know, none of us have um, crystal balls, but I am going to ask you, given the current makeup of the court, whether you're optimistic about getting a good ruling out of the court in the Fulton case, that whether or not they address, you know, the Smith standard and changing the standard of free exercise, whether the court is likely to, to give a decision on the merits that will help protect faith-based organizations with respect to their beliefs about marriage and family. I think that we need a ninth justice on the Supreme Court, and I think the only way to have some additional comfort is uh, with a ninth seat with Judge Amy Coney Barrett, because otherwise I can easily see this as a 4-4 split. Now, I can't say that Judge Barrett's going in one particular direction or another, but I would have a lot more confidence that she would be more consistent with the free exercise. Uh, clause than her predecessor, the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
So I think that's going to be a big issue. I mean, the court just recently split 4-4 on a voting matter. And so, you know, that's why we need that ninth justice. I think it'll be a very close decision either way. Well, by the time this interview actually airs, we will know the outcome of that. It's going to air in December. And uh, presumably, and I know that uh, argument in the Fulton case is scheduled in November, I believe. Isn't that right? Yeah, argument in the Fulton case is scheduled early November, which is uh, why it's so critically important. Uh, Any case that would split down the middle is no decision at all, and the lower court decision would stand. But this is a big case. And like, for example, uh, Virginia just passed a state law called the Virginia Values Act. That particular law is a sexual orientation, gender identity with respect to employment, and churches and religious educational institutions are not exempted. So you have the same kind of situation that you'll have across the board in Virginia, and you're gonna need a very strong free exercise defense to be able to address these burgeoning number of cases, whether it's in adoption or some other area of conflict between religious free exercise. Well, this is certainly an issue that has been coming to a head for several decades now. The, the sky has not fallen, thankfully, yet. Uh, we don't really know how it's going to be resolved, but this is kind of the main, the main event in free exercise that we've been monitoring. And Matt Staver at Liberty Council's certainly been on the front lines of litigating these cases, trying to establish strong free exercise protection. So, Matt, thank you for your work, the work of Liberty Council in this, and for taking time out to be with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you. My pleasure to be with you. As we close, remember, folks, at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. That's churchstate.org. Be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let Freedom Ring.